0: Good morning, David. Good morning, Doug. Hey, well, Doug. Guess what? Yeah, what? The Hornets won yesterday.
1: <laughs> Bees! Bees! everywhere! Oh yes! Is that enough excitement for you? And like, I might think be that's too much not, excitement in the lounge.
0: <laughs> the lounge is not used to that type of excitement not that the west coast road trip weren't real Not that those weren't real games you know what I'm saying like they're certainly well, like this <laughs> one was, was a was a was it like the matrix
1: or something or are you trying to bend reality here? maybe
0: maybe doug maybe we're just a sim they did count no, you know what I'm saying it did count it certainly counted but this was a a weird a, you know a weird start time I know you don't put any any, any credence in that but um,
1: they play with the football, right? East, when they go at 1230, Eastern, they play with the football?
0: Conference opponent, Eastern Conference opponent on their home floor, mm-hmm. you know, in a game that, that directly affects the standings, as, as which they all do. I just, I just felt like that was a pretty good win for the Hornets.
1: <sighs> so way, way too much basketball talk for the lounge. For My the bad. listeners, for the new listeners, this music you hear, this means you're in the Locked On Hornets lounge. This is our pre-show. This is where we get ready for the real show the actual I'll show go.
0: I can go another way I can start and start over and try
1: and, and David has ruined it with his basketball. <laughs> I was going to talk about the weather I was going to talk about Clint uh, Capella and being a stooge for the Houston Rockets who are trying to fight the Los Angeles Clippers
0: well that's basketball how about how about this not really how about those Vikings
1: huh <laughs> <sighs> they play with the football
0: all right let's start the I show do, I do. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not in a minute, because we live. We, live. we live.
1: This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports, including Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Locked On Panthers. Want to make sure you check both of those out. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte, and it's always more beautiful after a Hornets victory. And we're coming to you live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Hornets. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. You will get notified when we go live in the mornings. We've got Lamont in the chat saying, "There's no place like the Nest, especially after a road win in Motor City." Vroom vroom. I added the vroom vroom. I'm your host Doug. Br- I'm your host Doug Branson. I cover the team for Fan Rag Sports. Dot com, and I'm joined from the mean streets of Cotswold, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the team since they were the Bobcats on at thehive.com, David Walker.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. I know I jumped the gun a little bit in the lounge and started talking actual B ball, but I was just a little excited. It's crisp. It's a bright morning out here. You know, we were trying to get the energy level up.
1: Lamont on the chat says, Where do we go to listen to the after show? LOH Uncensored. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Jack Beagles in Noda. That's where the after show happens.
0: Uh, all right, in my living room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gosh, we got so much to get to. We've got a Hornets yeah. victory that we have to break down. How they they managed to beat a team with a winning record in Detroit. It was technically a home game for the Pistons, mm-hmm. but that's very technically. We'll talk about that too. This show is brought to you by our friends at Knight Residential Group. Visit them online, nightresidentialgroup.com That's night with a K. Or call them 704-733-9566. They are our choice in high-end custom construction here in Charlotte. Plus, trade rumors. And I'm putting the rumors in air quotes for the podcast listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, you see my vigorous air quotes. Rumors. We've got to talk about that. And the Hornets are celebrating their 30th anniversary next season. We'll give you the inside look at what they have planned initially. They're not revealing all of their plans. They're keeping some of those secret, keeping some of those close to the chest. We'll get into that as well later in the show. But first, got to start with this NBA news. I went to bed thinking, okay, good. I watched the Warriors and the Cavs. That was a great game. Thought, oh, this was a fantastic night for the NBA, celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day. This is always a big day for the NBA. And then I get up this morning, David, and it's just scuffle after scuffle. Kerfluffle after kerfluffle.
0: Tell me about it.
1: Well, this big one was with the Rockets and the Clippers. Apparently, Austin Rivers of the Los Angeles Clippers had the the Rockets in a tizzy. And I don't even think Rivers played. I think Rivers was in a suit. Uh, mm
0: -hmm. That'll
1: do it. And he had Chris Paul, among others from the Houston Rockets, Wanting to basically sneak into the Los Angeles Clippers or push through to the Los Angeles Clippers locker room, and and have a have a very heated discussion at least, maybe more.
0: David. What is this? What is going have on? Have you read about this? I, I'm I'm just kind of scanning through it right now. All right, you're getting uh, caught up. The, yeah. the
1: okay for for the the best part about this whole story, the really the only part I want to talk about is that Rocket Center. According to this report from ESPN, Rocket Center Clint Capella basically walked to the front entrance of the Clippers locker room, and then a Clippers staff member opened the door, saw Capella there, and then shut the door in Capella's face. And it says, for a few moments, Capella stood there, unsure how to proceed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Now think about that. You're Clint Capella. You're 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 upset. You want to you want to take out your frustrations on a member of of a player from the Clippers, be that Austin Rivers, be that Blake Griffin, whoever. You go to the you go to the front door, they slam the door in your face, and then you don't know what to do. What was your plan? Like well, what the plan was that, not
0: to fight. that was your was but not the, to fight.
1: Oh my gosh! And then the rest right. of the Clippers or the rest of the Rockets apparently took a secret entrance.
0: Yes. Yes. There are. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing better than a secret door and a secret hallway. And CP3 I obviously knew where that Would know was, where so it is. Like, he yeah, was the. Exactly.
1: He was the infiltrator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm playing. I told you about this yesterday, David, off air. I'm playing this new game called PUBG on on Xbox yeah. One. So hit me up if you want to play. But it's all about stealth. It's all about survival. It's a, it's a, it's not a traditional, it's not your call of duty where you respawn, you die, you die, but it's all about stealth. That's what Chris Paul was doing. He was, okay, listen, guys, 365 degrees. I've got two clippers. (laughs) Just amazing. What are they doing? What
0: are they doing? Why? What is the on a, on a day
1: that is supposed to represent the, the victory of nonviolence. Maybe this was a good tribute because no one got violent. And I don't think, and, and you sort of hinted at this, David, I don't think anyone had any intention of getting violent.
0: So I guess we should mention the Clippers won. So that's probably what stirred this up a little bit. And then the chirping from Ralston Rivers. And then I guess D'Antoni was involved when Br- Griffin brushed by him a little too close. So there's definitely some hard feelings. I mean, we definitely want to see this team play, these two play in the playoffs. This is incredible. This is a first. Can you, I mean, well, we should, I, there's certainly, there's been locker room visits in the past, but I don't know, I, I'm guessing there may have been a secret hallway involved in some of those, but how, how, how are we? How this are we is done? like an
1: episode of Scooby-Doo. Like there, there, there's like a, there's like a bookcase that just turned around and suddenly, suddenly Chris Paul is standing there. Oh my God. Okay. All right, I want to take a second to tell you about Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction. We're talking brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. They have a combined 165 years of construction experience. That's a lot, folks. Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to walk away with a pleasant customer experience and a beautiful home. Don't trust your next next custom home project to any construction company. You have to use the group that we trust and that supports local Hornets Talk. Knight Residential Group, call them at 704-733-9566. That's 704-733-9566 or visit KnightResidentialGroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home.
0: This is Locked On Hornets. we
1: got a couple of rookies here. i got David spreading fake
0: news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continued success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which I would love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things.
1: This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My question, David, is what yeah, was Clint yeah. Capella expecting to happen when he knocked on the Clippers' locker room door? It was open for him. He saw a member of the Clippers' staff there. Was he expecting <laughs> to be let in? Was, so, he, was, what was he, he? What was? What did, did he want in that situation? Did get, How did he envision that situation going for him?
0: Was it one of these things where, like Capella, Paul, Harden, Ariza, and Gerald Green all left the locker room, and then the four others? Like, went to the me and my hallway. crew
1: versus <laughs> know, you it, and your crew.
0: But then Capella kept going, not knowing that no one had left his back, and just went up to the door. And no one was there. <laughs> like, how did that happen?
1: They pulled I the think, bait and switch yeah. on Capella. Capella looked back and, and went, they, All right, guys, let's go. Guys, let's go. Who's with me? Guys, where do you <laughs> guys?
0: But maybe I guess, I guess the secret corridor could have led them to the same spot. I think the big winner in this thing. Is uh is Gerald Green and, and he's been on the team for about a week and he joined this best
1: action this, this he's search. gotten all <laughs> well year I
0: don't know he, he's hit a couple of threes but he joined the search party just like to show he's he's with these guys you know he's down in the trenches so so kudos to Gerald Green for just going so, out there knowing knowing that nothing was going to happen
1: ESPN seven I was on ESPN seven thirty this morning David and they asked me who the four Hornets would be who that oh, what no. that crew would be and I said Dwight Howard. You got to get some size in there. And he'll he'll keep it light while you're walking through. He'll make some, crack some jokes, just try to keep everybody, you know, from tensing up. Then you got MKG. He's the toughest dude on the team. He's the absolute number one toughest guy. The one guy you'd want to back you up, got to go with MKG. Mm -hmm. Sneaky pick, Marvin Williams, a little quiet off the court. He's, he's, you know, sort of centered.
0: Old guy strength.
1: Old guy strength, veteran savvy. And yep. I think that dude's tough. You see it when he screams on the court after making a tough play. That guy's secretly intense. You got to be careful with the quiet guys.
0: I, I think I think Marvin's been in a scuffle, sure, at, at some point in his career. I I, I wouldn't doubt it.
1: And listen, Who here's my here's my sneakiest pick. Here's my fourth guy.
0: I I've got it. I, it's going to be the same one. Go, Franklin Kaminsky. Uh, <laughs> well, he's on a bum ankle, though.
1: Well, before that, we're talking. We're, this is our fantasy fight team, David. Not sure, our sure. okay. But reason, Frank, that doesn't make any sense, right? But reason, Frank, he's our PR, he's our publicist, he's the guy that's going to tweet, he's going to live tweet this situation, make sure that <laughs> that our views are put forward. Lamont saying I'd bring back Anthony Mason over any current player. That's a great oh, pick well, as well.
0: He's going by himself. Yeah,
1: Mace. Himself. Yeah, Mace doesn't need anyone. Mace wouldn't even. Mace would not allow you to come with. No, you stay behind. I got this. <laughs> I got this. That was Anthony I'm throwing Mason. Jay,
0: I'm throwing Job as my fourth. Um, I like that. I just feel like he, he could get risky. Stack Jack,
1: also another former uh, guy uh, nobody that, that nobody that, wants.
0: Nobody wants anything a, to do yeah. with Stack Jack.
1: That guy. No. no. Nobody. All right. Uh, also, let's,
0: oh, wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm,
1: <laughs> I won't move like, us to basketball I'm, quite yet. Please go ahead.
0: I'm taking Paul Silas. <laughs> You're talking about old man strength. That is.
1: Tell um, them Tyrus um, Thomas is, is in the locker center. room. Tell them Tyrus That's Thomas right. is a strength and conditioning coach now for the Los Angeles Clippers, and uh, Paul Silas's eyes will go red and game over.
0: Exactly. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Rascals.
1: Hornets beat the Pistons 118 to 107. We've got people on the chat here saying, winning on the road in the afternoon. Is this real life? Yeah, the Hornets, they don't do well with those. I, I Look, I'm not. It's not like I don't understand reality. It's I understand that up. they have a a bad record with these weird start times. I just feel like that they should not, because it's it's the same basketball, it's the same court, and uh, the but the, it was the Pistons that had trouble yesterday. Uh, it all started, David, with a masterful shooting performance from Marvin Williams, who you know seven of eight from three didn't just come out of nowhere though. He's shooting forty five percent from three this season. He hasn't been involved in the offense as much. He's seen possessions go away from him and go to probably Dwight Howard. I mean, that's where most of those possessions that are lost by both Batum and Marvin Williams are going. So, uh, But Marvin Williams, great yesterday, but has also been great the past couple of weeks. Would you not agree, David?
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because it's definitely going way under the radar. I don't think a lot of people, certainly no one outside of Charlotte, we look at Marvin's season and say that he's having a good one, but he's being—he's been—he's been as solid, I think, as maybe he's been here uh, in Charlotte because of the three-point shooting. I mean, that's the main thing uh, that he have been able pr- to provide for this team. He's always going to bring that leadership and the veteran presence, but when he's shooting forty-five percent from three on the season, yeah, I mean, and they need it. I mean, gosh, think of how many games when they just haven't had any production from three. If he hadn't been able to hit a few here and there. Who knows where they would be, but uh, good to see from Marvin. You're not going to get that from him every night, obviously, but when you do get it from him, you see that kind of boost that it gives.
1: You're not going to get that from him every night, yet it does bring up this question of should they increase the the types of looks that he gets on a night-to-night basis because his attempts, his usage is back down to where it was in his first year in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that year, it makes sense, right, because that year they had Al Jefferson, who took a lot of those post opportunities, right? So, yeah. uh, but but should the, you know, and then when Al Jefferson left, uh, they, or well, well second year with Al Jefferson, he got a little bit more action, and then Al Jefferson, well, that, that was Jefferson going to the bench. That probably helped uh, get a few more attempts Marvin's way, and then last season, you saw those attempts go up, but you saw the efficiency go down. and made me wonder if maybe they were asking him to do too much, And now the offense is struggling so badly in the half court that I may sound hypocritical here if you've been listening to this show for a while, but I did on ESPN 730, I did advocate for more looks going Marvin's way because he has been so successful and because the Hornets are struggling so mightily to get easy opportunities in the half court. So much of their offense is has to be derived from fast break points, points off of turnovers, steals, that kind of thing. Getting to the free throw line, you saw Kimball Walker struggling with his shot early in this game, had to drive over and over. Those are difficult. That was the hardest 118 points that I've seen any team in the NBA score this season. The hardest, the most difficult, the most taxing 118 points. You look at 118 points, you go, man, they were excellent on offense. I look at those and I want, you know, the people who watch the game, it didn't look like a great offensive game other than Marvin Williams.
0: Yeah, it really does. Um, Marvin's getting those looks. I mean, those open looks not as many as he did in the past, as you mentioned, but you could almost tell when Marvin's shot is going to be short. Like I learned to kind of see when he's looks like he's putting a a little bit extra leg into those shots. And over the last couple of games, he's gotten a few more to go down. Um, I wonder, Doug, you know, we've talked about it's it's trade rumor season, as, as mm-hmm. you've noted. I, see, I think Marvin is the other guy that could possibly have some suitors come the trade deadline, because especially if he's shooting a 45 percent from three, um, a veteran presence in the locker room, a stretch for. I think somebody might be interested in that. The contract's going to be an issue, but but performances like that are going to increase the Hornets' chances or, or maybe we'll get someone else to pick up the phone.
1: Well, it would have been more of an issue last season. Now that he's mm-hmm. shooting 45% from three, now that they've backed down his attempts, it doesn't look as bad, and I agree with you. I think that there is a playoff team out there that is going to be looking for shooting and defense Yep. and Marvin Williams fits that bill perfectly. Now the big question is w- the Hornets love Marvin Williams.
0: Well, would that, they I'm be willing yet. to yeah. the question
1: is would they be willing to part with a player in Marvin Williams that is one of their only <laughs> 3 right. and D guys. And a player that really holds that locker room together. And yeah. you know in a, in a in a season where they lost their head coach for more than a month how vital were guys like Marvin Williams and the veterans that they had brought into this locker room because if if that was a young team I don't I don't think that young team holds together I I think they're they're 10 or more games under 500 rather than 8 it, because I think that situation falls completely apart without without Steven Silas's leadership but also without Kemba and Marvin and those are the players that come up time and time again on these trade oh, no. rumors or well, oh, no. hold on hold on big air quotes time Trade rumors. We're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I've got my Rance pants on. Doug Ranson, I'm pretty much guaranteeing an appearance <laughs> in a few minutes. Well,
0: and that's the tough part, right? I mean, they would hate to lose him. If they're looking forward, though, to add pieces, to get younger, you know, to add assets, he's one of the guys that could have some value. And, and it would be a crushing blow, I think, especially to, to the team this year. This would be, this would clearly be a move, I think, that would look to be. Uh, you know beneficial down the road not not necessarily this year. I don't even know I suppose you could look to add a, a backup point guard. I don't know what helps you in the short term more than what Marvin's giving you right now, right so it's gonna be interesting to see what they would maybe get offers. I think it would have to be a sweetheart deal or a deal that they just really felt they could get great value from because they value Marvin so much. I
1: mean you're going to have to return someone that's on a better contract a shorter term contract money that you could easily move you're gonna to have to return someone that has shooting you're gonna to have to return someone that has defense and that's a little younger some names pop up into my mind that have been mentioned uh, Miritich out of Chicago though he's been he's been floated so much that you have to figure that his his trade value is pretty high at this point and Chicago is going to demand a a lot and they they're not going to want Marvin Williams. They're going to want future yeah. assets because they're building for the future. And other names, I mean Milwaukee's trying to do something. So you mm-hmm. look at a guy like Brogdon who's been in and out of the starting lineup, played a little bit with the bench, averaging 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists a game. He's a guy you can play at the 1 but you could also play him at the 2 he has size he has athleticism he has defense if they could find some way to talk that team out of Malcolm Brogdon that would be another guy you know a, a lot of people mentioned Jordan Clarkson but that contract is way too big way too long uh, and and they didn't really you know if if we got to talk about this Frank Kaminsky ankle injury in a second but the bench scoring hasn't been a, as big of an issue As it has been earlier, or as it was earlier in the season, so I don't know if they need like a huge dynamic uh, bench scorer. They just need someone that they can play for twenty-five plus minutes a game that can shoot threes and play defense. Like that's what this team is missing.
0: Yeah, if they're bringing back anything to me, it's athleticism, it's the ability to shoot, it's the three and D guy. Unless it's like a Miritich guy who's just a dead eye, you know, is he going to be? He plays Steve. No, hold on now. Miritich,
1: could, Miritich again is not. He, he's. I think he's. he he's Gets that stiff. sort of European bias where you go, oh, European mm. can shoot, can't play defense. Not true. Miritich can play defense.
0: No, but he's not a stiff. But he's not a. He's not a. Now you know a, a if you sucker punch him, that's another guy.
1: story. But but <laughs> you know just you know defense, right? Regular basketball defense, he's fine.
0: But that's what they have to bring back. I mean, I don't think you, you swap out any of their shooting right now because there's such a lack of it for, like, you know, a project or, or, or take a chance on a young guy that maybe somebody has given up on that doesn't have a a bankable skill. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've got to bring something to the table if they're going to look to ship out some of their assets they currently have. Um we're getting way deep into trade talk already. Is, I know, uh, and we haven't even
1: we haven't even gotten to my rant yet. Let me well, let me either. let's go over a few more things from this Detroit game, and then we'll move to trade rumors. So uh, yeah. Dwight Howard pulls out another vintage twenty point double double. Hornets are nine and seven, David. When Howard scores twenty or more points, that's only two games above five hundred. But when you're eight games below five hundred. That all of a sudden looks like, I mean, you're looking through going, okay, what's the difference between wins and losses for this team? Mm. And it's when Howard is effective, because that's the thing. He's getting the touches. He's getting the usage. He's getting the looks game to game. It's pretty consistent. But there are games when he's effective inside, when he's catching the ball closer to the basket, when when players are finding him, you know, on the run before the other team can set their defense and push him outside of the lane, and and he can have nights like he had against Andre Drummond. And then there are other nights where where a team's defense is completely focused around him, and that's when you see the turnovers, that's when you see the missed free throws, and that's when uh, Howard is less effective, and the Hornets' offense uh, seems to struggle. Uh, so. Yep. You know, I, I think that's the deal right now with Dwight Howard. You're you're you've got good nights and you've got bad nights, and the, and what the Hornets have to figure out is what are the what are the key components to the good nights, and how do we make that work four out of every five games?
0: And, well, that's and, the thing, Doug. You, you can watch these games, and you can tell they, it's not figured out. Like even at this point in the season, it is not completely ironed out. No, how no. to best use him. And even how to uh, execute when they do know how to use it. You see, there are way too many lobs being thrown to this guy by every player on the court. And missing. Know, and, they're, and they're missing more often than not right now. And, and it's the right play. It's just the timing's not there. The feel is not there. It's a play so, that, like,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's a play that Atlanta huh. was able to master very quickly. That's yeah. what's that's what's yeah. frustrating. And it's a play that Houston had in their quiver very quickly. A play that, you know, I mean, obviously Orlando had it. But, but teams but have been able it. to figure this out, and it's strange to me. Maybe it's the fact that Nick Batum was injured in the preseason. Maybe it's the fact that they had a shortened training camp. Whatever it is, they haven't been able to figure this thing out where you get Dwight Howard those easy looks. That's what always Offset because look, his post offense, his post offense has always been this way. This is he hasn't gotten worse in the post. This is just who he is. You were just able to offset that in the past with easier looks, and they haven't done that. And I'm I'm not sure that's completely Dwight Howard's fault. Actually, I'm 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 certain that it's not completely Dwight Howard's fault.
0: No, it's not. And and he is getting him. It's just not on a consistent basis. Of course, um, I like I don't say that to say that what they're doing with him and, and and they've done with him this season has been bad. It's just not perfected. You know, it's just not as, as good as it could be even at this point in the season. But you look at that game yesterday, Doug, I mean, I mentioned it yesterday on the show, Andre Drummond's eight years younger than Dwight Howard and their season averages are pretty darn close. And, and, and Dwight dominated him yesterday, had four blocks, 17 rebounds, you know, 21 points on nine of 12 from the field. That's that's a domination of a guy who may be, the the an all-star representative for the East at the center spot. So, um, I mean, that's just a, a kind of a gut check game for Dwight. There, I know Van Gundy, Detroit. I'm sure Drummond. I, I know they had to be frustrated by that because he was basically made a non-factor by by Dwight, and that's saying something.
1: Well, listen, you you wonder why we keep bringing up the word consistency? This team <laughs> failing to be consistent game to game. Part of the reason is they have two players in Dwight Howard and Frank Kaminsky that really depend on having early looks go for them in order to have a, a successful night. And, and that's why you, you, you can get frustrated by these Dwight Howard, uh, these jump shots that he takes early in games, yeah. but that's what he wants to hit. That's what makes him confident. Unfortunately, they don't go as often, and unfortunately, he's not scoring 20 points every night. That's, that's, the, that's the problem, sure. but it's not a problem that can necessarily be solved. They've just got to figure out how do we win on nights when he's scoring, when he's not hitting his free throws, when he's not getting the post looks, when they are double teaming him and, and, and he's turning it over a little bit more. How do we win on those nights? And the answer to that question is you shoot the basketball better. I mean, that's right. the thing. Kimball Walker, one of five. Missing looks that he normally makes. Frank Kaminsky, before injuring his ankle, one of four. Nick Batum, one of four. Has been awful shooting this year. And, and you know, Marvin Williams, saved like they shot 45% from the three-point line in that game, but it was all Marvin yeah. Williams. Yeah, yeah. They've got to figure out a way to shoot the basketball better. Shot making. It's what Steve Clifford said in his media availability. It's I mean, sometimes it is make or miss. It's not like... They're their, all of their look. Obviously, they have spacing issues. When you play MKG and Dwight Howard on the floor at the same time, you're going to have spacing issues. But they also have to figure out a way to make shots when they do have them uh, available to them. Bottom line, David, in this game, the Hornets did what they had to do to score points. I, I said it earlier, it was the hardest 118 points I've ever seen a team score. They drove to the basket relentlessly. They drew fouls. They hit free throws. They took advantage of nearly every Pistons turnover, 25 points off of turnovers in this game. That's huge. That's a quarter's worth of points on a 100-point on a night that you scored off of Pistons turnover. So the Pistons lost this game as well as the Hornets won it, and they neutralized Drummond inside, as you said, and on the boards. Uh, But this is a team that's very much trying to figure out things offensively. They're getting better. They're 21st overall, 15th in offense over their last 10 games. So they're starting – to move in the direction of having a functional offense. You're seeing Nick Batum, even though he's still struggling to shoot, get into a groove, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Again, it's not about the number of shots Nick Batum gets. It's how involved he is in the offense. How how If, if the ball is touching his hands in an offensive possession where he can find someone who's open or draw attention and find someone that's open, that's going to be the key for Nick Batum's success.
0: Yeah, and that's the stat line you want to see from him, especially right now. Uh, the shooting, I just don't know if it's going to be there anytime soon. I, I know he's still struggling. And so that shooting is going to be a challenge. But the eight rebounds, the five assists, that's impacting the game. You know, that's being involved in the offense. That's that's contributing in other areas. And he's got to bring those things uh, to the table, to the team. And you mentioned the lack of shooting and where they get the scoring from. I mean, Doug, they're making it up from the free throw line and they have all year plus 324 three hundred and twenty four you can go and three you can go down
1: you can go down look at cleaningtheglass.com if you haven't signed up for this and you're like a hardcore basketball fan you are missing out if you're just a casual basketball fan that's fine i wouldn't recommend it but if you are a hardcore basketball fan they don't advertise on this show i just use it literally every day for my analysis so if you're into it go to cleaningtheglass.com and check it out very cheap and uh, if you look down, they they break down the free throw rate a, a, in a game log and they'll show you what the percentile is. And you can go down the line. And if the Hornets are, are above 80 percent from yep. uh, and, and 80th percentile in free throw rate, they usually win the game. And when yep. teams are able to not foul them, th- then they have a better than not shot of beating the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Now, just,
0: now, just, now, just think if you can keep that going, Doug, and yeah. if you can get your shooting you know a little more consistent right. than it because is. Because it's not I mean, one
1: it's not necessarily one or the other, right? It's not mutually exclusive. You can still no. get to the free throw line, maybe not at the rate at the the extreme rate where they're like 30% free throw rate. That's that's extreme. But they could still be 25% free throw rate. That's going to be about uh, you know 15 to 20 free throws and still be able, you know, to to convert some of those drives into three-point shots. Because that's what's happening. Kimball Walker is driving and getting fouled. Marvin Williams and MKG are driving and getting fouled instead of kicking out. Because there's no one to kick out to. Okay. (laughs) That was a mini rant. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and Doug Ranson's going to host this show for a second. This is Locked on Hornets. Would I have liked to see a few more shards? Shards? No, I would not have liked.
0: (laughs) Shards. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So here's the situation, David the Hornets are cash strapped, the Hornets are not playing well well below expectations. Playoffs unlikely, but not impossible. Mm. They don't have a lot of trade pieces, although Frank Kaminsky and Jeremy Lamb are playing a lot better on the bench together. Frank Kaminsky did roll that ankle. We'll have to get more information on that today at practice, see what his availability will be like. But the point is they don't have a ton of trade options that don't that don't require moving the best player in franchise history in Kimball Walker. Right, right. All right, all of this has led national NBA writers and commentators like Tim bom right? Bon 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 toms Bon toms yeah. Mark Stein yeah. of the New York Times and Stein, Bobby Marks Stein, yeah. to speculate about the future of Kimball Walker in Charlotte. Man. All over the news last week, I wake up to these headlines. Kimball Walker addresses trade rumors. And my question, David, is...
0: I can feel it coming.
1: Where, donde esta, (laughs) trade rumors? Where are the trade rumors? All I've seen, David, are national writers doing their job. Their job is to look over the NBA landscape, especially around the trade deadline, and speculate as to what teams... And it's educated speculation. It's not just rampant right. speculation, which is our favorite thing to do. That's what we yeah. do. That's what podcasters do. We rampantly speculate. This is educated speculation based on contracts, based on situations, based on you know the tax curtain, envelope, whatever you want to call it. And they're guessing as to what players would be available. But to me, a trade rumor would be something where someone came out and said, my sources inside the Hornets front office are telling me that Kimball Walker could be made available. Right. You're not seeing that. No so, one so is yes. saying that.
0: So just to be clear, your rant is not... is not. I got to calm down. Uh, no, no, no that, was, that was good. That was good. It was a little mini rant. Um, <sighs> I'm not done. But it's not directed at the guys writing these stories, as you said. It's the guys kind Correct. of... Uh, Kind of asking Kimba, hey, there are these trade rumors out there, which may be the reason why Kimba was like, "Huh, I haven't heard any of those." Because no, they're not real.
1: <laughs> well, no, but see, Kimba sees that, and and yeah. and I think he because he even referenced, he's like, "This is the first time my name has been brought That's up in, into these uh, situations." Yeah. And you wondered, I I wonder, like, what does that, what does that, how does that influence Kimba Walker? Mm-hmm. The, you know what I'm saying? Like that his name is finally being brought up in this manner. What does that when he does eventually think about this? I don't think he's thinking much about it. He's, he seems like the kind of guy nah. that's focused on the NBA season ahead. But but when he does get a, a moment to quietly contemplate things, his name is all of a sudden being brought up and it's being framed as rumors. That's my only problem is when someone asks him about trade There are no rumors. They don't exist yet. It's like, it's it's what it is it's this classic case of speaking something into existence. That's what you're doing. You're trying to, the, the, you're trying to speak it into existence.
0: And you wonder if somebody from the front office has had that talk with them, has just put that to to, to to rest, you know, said these are not out there. Now you can take that as far as you want to, I guess you can trust that, you know, coming from a front office guy in general, um, as much as you as much stock in that as you want. But I would I would assume that somebody has said that to him. If that is not the case, you know, in the building there, um, he, because like you said, these, these aren't substantiated rumors.
1: He told, well, they're not rumors. Okay. You
0: see, you I keep trying. Right. See, David, My you heart
1: keep heart. trying to qualify it. You see, you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. Oh Lord, oh God. You're All you're right. say the when we say the word rumor, that's when we become part of the problem. Well,
0: how would you? I'm going to ban
1: this? the word rumor from this show until somebody shows me a source.
0: Would you, would you call these, um, Untrumers? <laughs> okay.
1: They're untrumers. They're not
0: rumors. They're untrumers. Ideas, ideas. Yeah. Thoughts. I
1: don't know. Uh, listen, he t- Kimba for his part, told Chris Kroger of WFNZ's prime time quote, I'm committed to this city as long as I'm here, which I don't know what that means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he said a bit. He said a bit more than that, though, right? He put a he put stake in the ground a little more yeah. for committed to being here, the only city he's ever been in.
1: And Steve Clifford said he'd be shocked if Kimba Walker didn't want to be here. He said, I quote, I mean, he's building a house here right now. I've been around long enough to know you should Ooh, you not never say never, rumor. but I just can't see a scenario where that plays out. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of it. factors that go into this, right? There's market value. There is value to the franchise that you can't quantify in terms of the return that you would get back. He's one of, he's one of the reasons people. I, I heard a caller on ESPN 730 today say, You know, why, do, why would I spend my hard earned money on the Hornets, who are a team that are out of the playoffs? Even if they make the playoffs, they're headed for a first round exit. They're a boring team outside of Kemba. That was right. the quote. They're a boring team outside of Kemba. Right. He's the reason for the season. He's the reason that fans go into the building until Malik Monk is is awarded some minutes or earns some minutes.
0: Well, he's a, he's a star in the NBA. It's 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 very hard to get those. It's really hard for the Hornets to get those. He's in his prime. He likes to play here. He wants to be here. He's the best player in franchise history. And as Rick Bunnell pointed out in his column last week, I mean, it's just going to be... Brutal for this fan base. It's going to be asking a lot of them if you traded the only guy who was literally worth the price of admission this season, Doug. And you alluded to it at the beginning of the show. They've got the 30th anniversary coming up with the start of the season next year. I don't see them shipping Oh, yeah, I didn't say we
1: would talk about that.
0: Yeah, well, we can just hit on it right now because I think that's a factor. You also have the all-star game coming in, coincides with the 30th anniversary, but you can't tell me they're gonna ship off Kimball Walker, not have a star in this town for their 30th anniversary next year, that's just going to be a tough sell.
1: No, I totally agree with you, but it doesn't preclude them from doing it. It it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean they're not going to do it. uh, If, 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 you know, all of a sudden that, you know, the ownership feels like a a new direct, completely new direction is needed, then, you know, we've seen, look, Phoenix celebrated their, 50th anniversary with that god awful team so you know it's not it's not impossible <laughs> to do that I don't, I don't think that but you know but I see your point and I've made that point before uh real quickly let's let's talk about this do you think do you think just yes or no do you think the Hornets will be forced to trade Kimball Walker
0: like somebody's going to twist their arm and force them to do it. No. Well, Kemba, yeah. I mean, Kemba would be uh, would be the guy to well, do it. Well, based on, based, on based on those comments and, you know, like those comments on a radio show, first time he's hearing them, um, and Kemba's a pretty measured guy even when he's on camera or behind a microphone. But based on that and based on what we've seen from him, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to demand a trade, demand to get out of here. He seems to like the group they have. He seems to want to stay here. He seems, by all accounts, to love Clifford you know, and love playing with them. So now that Clifford's back and they've got this group still together, I can't see him wanting to force him his way out of here.
1: Rich on the chat here saying, I think Cody is tradable. Get a second rounder, clears $12 million and pick up another cheap big. Unfortunately, I mean, Cody's just been injured. That makes him, that makes him untradable. I mean, nobody's, nobody's going to pick that piece up for, for the money and because he hasn't been on the floor this season, that's going to be a tough sell, I think, to any team. Uh, Will the Hornets be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, David?
0: Uh, sellers. I mean, they're going to look to to upgrade some of the youth and athleticism, but I don't think they're looking to add that one piece you know, that's going to get them over the top. I this just, I'm i going to disagree they, they with you here, gonna David. Buyers. Okay. I'm
1: going to disagree with you. I think if the Hornets are anything at this point, I think they're going to be small buyers because I think they still view themselves as a possible playoff team. It seems very important to this franchise that they make the playoffs, uh, both from a basketball perspective and a financial perspective it would most likely, I think, be a smaller move. What you would hope, as a fan, is that it's more in the Gary Neal-Mo Williams short-term gain, small move, and not a Miles Plumley type of panic move that carries possible long-term negative effects. I think they learned their, hopefully they learn their lesson. Um, but, you know, that that put the, the franchise in an even tougher position. So y- you hope that they can find some way, uh, you know Rich Cho, that's Trader Cho, and he's going to be on the phone's uh, looking for something. I mean, that's been the history. I think um, they always
0: have to be sellers by definition of the duck because they don't have any. They don't have any room. I mean, they're going to have to sell off something hopefully in, in hopes of getting back maybe something in the short term. I guess. I, I guess that's how you look at it.
1: I but, get. But yeah. my thing is, when I say sellers, I mean, are they trying to just get rid of money, or are mm-hmm. they trying to buy? Oh, okay. Are they trying to find some piece that's going to that help them? To the is fold. is that a concern at all for them? And I think that the answer to that question is yes. They still want to make the playoffs. I mean, you know, again, I and, and I'll say this too, because I hear a lot of this, like eighth seed, seventh seed, they're gonna get knocked out of the playoffs uh in the in maybe a sweep, first round, whatever. I'll say this from from a financial perspective, which no one cares about, and I get that, but I'll just say that from a financial perspective, like a, a playoff berth is a playoff berth and it comes with with significant financial ramifications. So if you want to factor that in, you factor that in. But I know not a lot of people care about that. So let me make an argument yeah. for the basketball perspective. Is is this. If, if you as an organization feel like, at all, that you can make some small tweaks and run this thing back next season, really you've got no choice if no one wants to trade with you. You've got to run this back next season. Everyone's locked in. And, and you think, well, we had a few injuries here and there. Maybe we can make this work. If you think that, then... A playoff berth might not be a bad thing because it's going to give your team confidence. you can build on it. It gives you a little bit more playoff experience. again, even if you get swept, it's not necessarily a bad position to be in because that's the thing. This team's not going to bottom out. It's going to be no. good enough if they don't if they're not the eighth seed, they're going to be ninth, tenth, they're going to be drafting probably in the 12 to 14 range. That's not it's not going to be significant between 12 and 14 to eight or nine. So draft positioning right. is not really a factor. So, it, it, given all of that, why not just make the playoffs, and and again have something to build on rather than two straight seasons of not making the playoffs? That means something to players. Being in the postseason means something to players. Whether it means anything to you at not or not sitting at home, that's that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your prerogative. But it means something to the players. And, and I think it could be something to build on if they do happen to make the playoffs. So that's my only argument. That's my argument. You may see it differently. That's my argument.
0: No, totally agree with you. It means something to the players. It means something to the team. It means something to the foundation of the franchise, man. If you're, if you're a playoff team, you can say you're a playoff team. And that does make a difference. It may not be something tangible up front, but it, it means something as you're building this team to something that I think all the fans want to see. It's not It's just not going to happen overnight, guys. I mean, it's just tough. You can go back trust the process. You can go back into tank mode. But, again, point us to, to a direction where that has – point us to a team where that has worked. Um, and, you know, maybe you could have a little more of an argument. But it's just going to take sustained success, and I think making the playoffs is the first step in that.
1: Let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Hornets or uh, on Instagram at Locked On Hornets, or you can send us an email, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. Thanks so much for listening to us here. That's all. We had a long show, but this was a fun show on the Locked On Podcast Network. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Locked On Hornets. We're back again tomorrow with a Uh, We'll we'll talk about practice. Steve Clifford returns to practice today, and he will coach the team tomorrow night against the Washington Wizards here at home. We'll have a preview of that game. Plus, it's another Draft.com Wednesday, so go ahead and sign up for Draft.com so you can join us for our listener draft. For David, I'm Doug saying, Go Hornets! Go America! Let's Swarm Sharp!